Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. After a just a briefly traumatic start, sorry for the <laughs> delay, everyone. <laughs> we I, I just we were we were exposed to a whole world of Zoom that we did not want to 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 meet. Um, we are back for day five of streaming in place, and today we're talking about Lucifer season one, episode five, uh, Sweet Kicks. And I'm curious after, so we are like uncertain about episode three, liked episode four. Where are we at with episode five? Allison, I'm going to throw it to you first. I liked it. Um, This was the one where I had the hardest time not just going on to the next episode. I, again, there were parts of the case of the week I didn't so much care about, but this is the time that I felt sort of like where Latoya said we were headed, where it was like, um, ridiculous and whatever and it's not actually the point um and i didn't care about the miss maybe just because it wasn't quite so loaded i don't know um i liked it i really enjoyed all of the sort of complex maze lucifer stuff i really like the wrinkle where we're headed with dr linda um i the fight scene was such a weird delight scary weird delight um and yeah i mean i just thought with the exception of maybe being a little bit bored by the male preening um officer detective douche whatever you called him um whatever the official nickname is um i was pretty into it what about you Noel? Um, I thought it was fine. I think that there's more like the case of the week is just really muddled for me. And that was that was kind of the most frustrating thing. So I needed to glom onto everything else that was going on, which is fine. Though I do like my procedurals to have strong spines to them, basically. And this was just kind of a little scattered for me in terms of what I was supposed to be getting out of it. Um that aside, I think that the other stuff in it is generally pretty good. The May stuff, like you said, Allison, I think is pretty strong. Um, and we should talk a little bit like more specifically about Aminadil going, hello, fellow humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I like to get liquid beverages. It's just like, mm, okay, sweet baby. <laughs> and so that kind of stuff I think works really, really well. And I think, like you said, the maze stuff overall works well. I just I just didn't glom on to like the case of the week as much as I wanted to. And I think that there that was sort of like a weird barrier. Um unlike the unlike episode four, I just was struggling when I sat down. I was like, I am struggling to remember what happened in this episode. And that is not a great thing, I feel like, overall. Apart from, like like you said, the cool ninja shadow fight that happens, which I think is very well done in terms of making us feel how Scary Maze is without actually having to show us too much. So that, I think, is effective, but it's arguably like the highlight of the episode. So, Kate, how did you feel, like, revisiting this then for the second time? Yeah, I like this one. Um, I am, I'm, I am I definitely like it more than you do, Noel. But I can mm-hmm. see any issues that you would have with it. And I, I like the, I like what's coming. Because I know what's coming. And how it ties in with things that we're seeing here. So, uh, I was a little, you know, I always get a little un- unsettled with some of the capital 
P problematic terms. Like they're throwing around thug a lot. And these other things that are loaded terms that the show doesn't seem aware of the fact that, you know, these are loaded terms. Um, but I, I think there's a lot to enjoy here. And I, you know, speaking about, about Maz, uh, uh, Maze. Sorry, I keep saying Maz from Mazakine. Maze. Uh, well, it's confusing. Yeah. It's a confusing nickname. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking. It's of, a maze of nicknames. <laughs> speaking of <laughs> maze, uh, I appreciate that. Like, we're only in episode five here, and really, Chloe's been involved, like working with Lucifer in any meaningful way, just for really the last couple. Um, and she already is at a point of. Your bartender is a secret ninja. Of course. Of course she is. Uh, and that's just like where we're at with their dynamic, um, which I very much enjoyed. I think that they set up the dynamic with the boss well so that, I mean, I'm on board. I like. I think this is enough. Of, obviously, it's very hand wavy, but there's enough of an attempt to justify things to have uh, like a reason that Lucifer is able to work with Chloe. Um, so I think this is a good setup episode that has some nice beats that make it work as a standalone if that makes sense yeah i think that makes sense i think it like the as we've sort of already been discussing like the procedural aspect just feels like window dressing to the fact that they want to do this more serialized sort of program um but they realize that this is Fox. This is um, the television landscape that we're in. We still need a procedural element sort of deal in it. Because otherwise we have The Exorcist and then no one's going to watch it, which is a shame because that show's great. Um, and I think that's sort of like the idea is that if we get the procedural, we get everyone else in and it's stealth. We sneak. It's a Trojan horse sort of deal. Um, but we keep having to slow play everything. But at the same time, like everything with um, Lieutenant Monroe. <laughs> done. I'm done with this. I don't agree with anything you're saying, Noel. I'm leaving. Um, that, for that was a dog noise. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grayson just is just done. Shirt. Yeah, he's done. Um, no, everything with like setting up Monroe as both a way to get Lucifer like as an official consultant, but also like set up like the ripple cause and effect thing, which I think is the more interesting thing to unpack in this episode of ultimately what are your, who's responsible for is Lucifer responsible for the ripple effects of his favors that he does. Um, And I think that's the most interesting thing in this episode that they don't fully, fully engage with, but at the same time, now that we've got Monroe, with an in to the minority community that she wants to become police chief in Los Angeles, then I think that we can start to see that hopefully maybe play out whether or not they stick with that. Kate, you can tell me. Um, But I think that that's something that's interesting for them to start toying with. But I would like to know like what you all think about Lucifer's sort of ethical obligation to take responsibility for the ripple effects. So I'll toss that to Allison. Ooh, I mean, I think I'm most interested in the next part of that conversation. Like I was, mm-hmm. <gasps> bye, Nancy. that was my, that was my cat who came in and then sat and then went out. Um, <laughs> bye kitty cat, Nancy drew. Um, it's interesting to 
think about this in this context, because this is <laughs> this is my third podcast of the day. This morning, uh, Alistair Wilkins and I recorded an episode of Debating Doctor Who on the Doctor Who finale, which was 27 years ago now at this point, um, in 2020 time. Um, and we were talking about a particularly big revelation in that episode and what it ultimately means, how invested I am, I was in it, in the episode versus what it could mean for the future. So basically, I, I feel like that question is probed at the most basic level like it's basically yes. just acknowledged and that's it however if if it's a door for future conversations then i'm super into that if it remains kind of a superficial question then i i think i would rather have the ridiculous stuff mm-hmm. um but uh as a as like a jumping off point for whatever comes next i was pretty intrigued yeah, and I'm always going to want the show that when they dangle this kind of stuff to always push further. This was one of my issues with like Arrow, where it's just like they kept like <laughs> doing little fun kind of concepts of we're going to push this kind of a political aspect forward. We're going to talk about poverty, gentrification. And then it was just like, oh, no, we're actually not going to talk about any of this stuff. But we're going to just like pepper it in to like provide a little bit of flavor instead of like actually addressing it. So that that's... Right. I'm already like, oh, I'm setting myself up to fail and fall real hard here. <laughs> Kate, am I setting myself up to just like fall really hard onto my face? Um, well, this is a show that is very interested and engaged with themes of personal responsibility and um, okay. choices and um, and where we assign blame for things in our lives that we're unhappy with and the validity or not of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it usually remains subtextual, certainly in the cases of the week, but it, it is there. It's a strong thread. So it's not like you, I'm not remembering a lot of circumstances where the, you know, Lucifer is sitting there and be like, well, I did this for this person who did this and then that, and where it comes directly into the plot, but certainly how you perceive yourself and your choices over time. And, um, and, how you live with the choices you've made and they shape you moving forward is a very big theme of the show. Yeah. So I think you'll be okay. Is <laughs> I think you're going to be okay. That You'll have to tell me as we get there. Um, I think here, one of the, the bigger parts of that, that I think is, is interesting is what we get, um, uh, what we get with Lucifer around. He's just like this notion of guilt. They don't even really name it in this episode. And he's just not, understanding like Claire's like yeah you feel guilty <laughs> basically and he just doesn't even <laughs> connect this like I-, I like that the show shows that restraint to be like you don't think there's like maybe a reason that you are interested in in this case and you feel weird about it he's like no because I want to punish people and like no self-awareness move right on um and, and <laughs> that for me is like they're going to keep playing with themes and ideas like that and I like that this is a show that doesn't always, often, but not always, feel like it needs to underline that kind of a thing. Well, that's very promising. That is good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's telling, like, you know, we've all mentioned that we're not really talking about the case of the week, but let's just dive into that briefly. I will I will say this time watching it, um, and it's a sign of a less strong episode, in my opinion, I was getting a little tired of Lucifer's, um, ooh, danger, ooh, danger, Look, danger, because uh, it was just so on the nose. And yes, he's obviously like 
he's projecting and trying to be more okay with his not immortality uh, than he actually is. But that was something that was getting a little, we we show we get it, (laughs) character we get it. Um, For me, did that bother you guys at all? Yeah, it's a little, it was a mm, maybe needed five five less references <laughs> six maybe um but i but i was interested in the idea in general because it felt like tying it in with all the maze stuff was the idea that he's still acting like he's immortal not because he hasn't really accepted the reality of what mortality is but because he still has this other safeguard like he still we now know that even though, yes, he can feel pain and he can be shot and he can get wounded, there is this other thing there protecting him, this other force there protecting him, um, and all of the complications that come with that. That was the stuff that I was the most interested in. I, like you, was also pretty bored by the case of the week. But being constantly told not only that he was into danger, but this was a very dangerous case. This is so dangerous. Please be careful. It's incredibly dangerous, 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 dangerous. Um, ultimately, I think, was just set up to get us to the point where secret bartender ninja um where things are very bad so then the failsafe activates um and i'm i was most interested not just in that happening but in what that says about their relationship which we don't know a ton about yet um but yeah case of the week was pretty boring although i did like watching lucifer save kids and then want lots of like Patting on the back for saving kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That and the like, oh, my leg, ow, my leg was also pretty fun. The pointed limp, which comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Noel, how did you feel about uh, Pig Diddy? Oh, poor Pig Diddy. Poor Pig Diddy. I gotta so say, much- they actually killed Pig Diddy. Most shows wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's It just makes me sad that they mm. killed the pig. Um, I think the danger stuff is, I, I'm actually sort of compelled a little bit by the danger stuff since it represents a break in the monotony for him, um, of existence, basically. You're a celestial being that previously could not really feel pain, um, or arguably maybe not anything or the way in which we conceptualize that as mere human mortals. And I like that concept of that's what gets him excited is this concept of because I get to feel something again. And I think that there's something really interesting there, but the show just has a, as it has with a number of other things when it's dealing with this, just way too heavy of a hand in terms of the repetition of writing it of, no, it's very dangerous. Like Allison was saying, or the I'm immortal thing from the past, like, four episodes. And I think that that, there just needs to be an editing process, basically, of, like, just scale back a little bit so that we get your point, but you don't need to just hammer us over the head with it. And I think that's a really weird impulse for this show to have, is a desire to really hammer home those concepts, because it's not a pedantic show in any way, shape, or form. And but it really wants you to make sure that they that you know that they know what they're doing. And that feels really weird in a show like this, because that's something that like Noah Holly does. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do we wanna say anything else about Dr. Linda and Amenadiel or like the coffee shop or anything else 
on that corner of the show. The idea that a coffee shop in Los Angeles is a lot like hell was really fun. That was yeah. like a a good line. Um, I also enjoyed the sort of greetings fellow kids of it all. Um, like Steve Buscemi holding two skateboards. Mm-hmm. Um, greetings fellow. It that I am excited to see where that goes, but that feels like another thing, like you said, Kate, that's set up for what comes next, uh, which I like set up when it's well done, when it's fun and it's not um, flat or overly explained. It can be a really good time. And I think that was it was just enough, like just a little amuse bouche of what is presumably coming. Um, so, yeah, I was into it. Yeah. And the most exciting thing about it is that Elsa Minadi will interact with someone who's not Maze or Lucifer. And even by like episode five, you're just like, I can't watch these these three people have the same conversation over and over and over again because that's all that's happened. And now it's like we get to see Amenadil do something else. And I'm very excited about that. And we get to see him do it with obvious with not obviously, with the show's most off-kilter character in a lot of ways, the person who does not fit in this show. Um, and I really like that aspect because we have a Menadil who sort of represents the epitome of one corner of this show pillar of it dealing with someone who whose whole energy and whole vibe really doesn't belong in the rest of this show right now and i'm very excited of watching that juxtaposition play out okay i'm not gonna say anything because i know stuff so i'm not gonna say anything um okay so I think that's all I have for, for this episode. Listener, uh, Marcus and Scotty, if you have anything you want us to talk about or any questions or, or your thoughts about where you're at, go ahead and drop them in the chat. Uh, but what I want to ask you guys is, so what's the plan? Are we going to stick with weekends off? Do you guys want to, like, what do you, do you want to do something tomorrow? Wait till Monday? Do you want to do more than one episode? Where, where, how are you feeling about this? I personally advocate for just sticking to whatchamacallits, um, the weekdays, um, just because my partner still works from home. So I like to have the weekends to spend with her. Of course. Um, for me, weekends, I think, just a little tighter, weirdly. But that's also because I'm currently underemployed. Touche. <laughs> Allison. I also vote weekdays. I, this has sort of been like a little forced break in the middle of my day, which I'm really appreciating. Um, and I think, you know, if, pe- if people, I don't know, Marcus and Scotty, what it has been, what your experience has been of watching it. But, um, I think maybe if others end up joining us, it might be sort of a similar, like, Hey, it's my lunch break. I've got yeah. 30 minutes to spend thinking about Lucifer, uh, which I kind of like, like it's a nice little ritual. So yeah, I vote we continue on weekdays an episode a day and I'll just have to, Make sure I don't hit next, you know? Okay. Netflix, don't tempt me. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Scotty. <laughs> uh, I think that I I can't hear my own audio, so I assume what you're hearing is Nancy Drew purring into the mic. She is in my lap right now. Yes, Scotty. Uh, <laughs> Scotty also says, it's interesting watching them try to thread the needle of a hero who is literally the prince of evil, but we don't want him to be bad, but we love it when he's bad. The leg thing, the Ill- inability to relate to tricks. Um, yeah, that is interesting. What do y'all think about that? I know stuff, so I can't answer. <laughs> Noel, what do you think? I think they do an okay job of it. And I think Scotty's point that that they're not sure whether or not the show does it successfully in the Pickup Artist episode, I think is sort of reflective of both 
the show wanting to maybe have it like a little bit of both ways, but also the fact that you can also argue that there's a sense in which Lucifer is still trying to figure out how this works within the framework of an moral and ethical and judicial and televisual system of what a hero quote unquote is and represents within this framework. And I think that's kind of an interesting concept. Um, but I don't know that they've necessarily fleshed it out enough and that's okay. And I'll go ahead and add in with Chloe. He was Chloe, sorry, Scotty, that Scotty says that he was constantly needling Chloe. And then the pickup artist guy wasn't the bad guy. The girl who's normally vulnerable was the bad guy. It's a delicate balance and it's interesting to watch the show navigate. And I think that that was the thing about that episode was the way that it, hit that did executed that flip basically but that the pickup artist was still a bad guy just two years ago and then mm-hmm. we get a sort of um whatchamacallit um revenge i don't want to say like the, the spit on your grave sort of revenge flick type of thing there yeah that Marcus, i think works well yeah marcus says i think they do a pretty good job of taking canonical devil aspects and they use them in a way that he's not evil more rebellious and mm. hedonistic yeah and it's very miltonian which i like mm-hmm. and now i just want to do paradise lost again uh when tom and i were watching the episode last night he said he was thinking about uh it made him think about good omens quite a lot which i think is an oh, interesting uh-huh. point of comparison yeah um in terms of you know, loyalties and duties and impulses and where those things overlap and where they don't and what should Lucifer doing re- be doing in uh, terms of his role in the world and the universe versus what does he want to be doing and um, what are his natural impulses and how does it fit in with how he's changing and all that stuff. Um, I think that that ties into what happens in Good Omens in a very different way uh, pretty well. So I was interested in that comparison. Well, and the thing I will say, um, while attempting to not be spoilery, I don't think I don't think this is spoilery, is that we all bring, you know, as viewers, you bring a lot of baggage into a show called Lucifer, with your main character being Lucifer Morningstar, who says, "Yes, I'm that Lucifer." But if you actually look at what the show has established as true and as what we know, we haven't actually seen him do anything bad. Right? Have we seen him do anything bad? I guess he was speeding in the premiere, but... Well, sexual harassment. Sexual harassment, yeah. He does break into Decker's house to make brunch. So, I mean, yeah. it's sort of a wash in that instance, depending on, like, how good the brunch is. Um, <laughs> also into the house of the Latin kings right? Yeah. in this episode. He just, like, teleports um, in there somehow. And whatever he does to the murderer in the pilot the devil eyes thing clearly is is a mental trauma right yeah right yeah so which he views as a moral comeuppance yeah well i mean and also it's the show i mean because the show wants us to like lucifer right that we're supposed to enjoy him and you know if, if they're doing their job right we do so then we're not supposed to mind that he is psychologically torturing these people by showing them the devil eyes or whatever and so then it makes you complicit, you know, early on. Um, mm-hmm. And so then, it, so it's an interesting balance. And especially where we're at right now, um, 
yeah, that's something that the show continues to play with. And I think that, yeah, we're at an interesting point. So I will leave it there, I guess. Um, thank you for those excellent thoughts, Marcus and Scotty. Those are, those are great. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm very excited for you guys to watch the next one. Cause there's like a thing in the next one. Oh, so Kate really wanted us to do weekends this weekend. No, 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 it's not that. I, I just like, I was on Netflix and it started the wrong episode uh, okay. yesterday. So, or the day before. So for episode four, it started episode six. And I was like, wait, this one is already only episode four. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Did I do it? And then I was like, wait a second. No, this isn't, this is not, this isn't this, uh, this is supposed to be the pickup artist one. And so then I realized that it had skipped ahead and I had to go back. And so I just, I'm. It's episode six, and it, the, there's some of the stuff that comes up, like emotionally and with the plot in episode six, um, is really interesting, and we'll we'll talk about it. But it's the kind of thing that feels like, oh, already in episode six, only in episode six, and then you re- remember, oh, it's a 13 episode season. This is about the halfway point. That makes right. sense for some them to start pivoting to some other other things, which we see here with the introduction of Amenadiel to Doctor Linda, and kind of like starting to set up longer running potential things so okay but until monday mm. until monday and apologies to latoya that we're not doing weekends because yeah now <laughs> latoya is going to yell at us through the podcast for bad reasons <laughs> <laughs> she'll be like on season three <laughs> yeah by the time by she next, by monday by next yeah. week yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah well, thank you to Marcus and Scotty. Thank you guys um, and everyone listening. And we'll be back next week to talk about more Lucifer streaming in place. So until then, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.